0: all right
1: (laughs) all right all right
0: welcome everyone let's welcome (laughs) everyone who's going to be listening yeah we have an incredible (laughs) guest today and i'm so excited that he's joining us here i met actually at the inside construction expo and his energy was contagious his smile was probably more contagious actually and it was a great person to interview so I am really happy that we we can connect with him and have him on our podcast if you would like to introduce yourself and just share a little bit of how is that you ended up to be here right now today you're in Melbourne and yeah if you want to just share a little bit
1: Sure, Um, hi guys, my name is Akshay. I currently run a remote estimation service business for my clients here in Melbourne and throughout Australia. Um, What we do is um, basically we have a team of engineers and architects, um, smart and talented engineers and architects back in India where I come from. And they provide services of basically, just to put it in layman's word, converting drawings to numbers because that's a very tedious work. And we do this to help our clients focus on the projects better so they are then able to deliver their projects on site on time with the highest quality that they would want to and we meanwhile work in the background help them out with the quantities numbers etc so this is all of my business background but how i met laura is a good story to share basically while i was in india i was thinking of ways to sell my business and i realized there's no point staying in india and talking about my business on online to be it online to the guys here in Australia. I I just booked a ticket three months from from that day when I was attending a conference is when I realized I need to fly here. So I booked a ticket three months down the line traveling to Melbourne and I saw a post online that was about the Inside Construction Expo and I thought why not see what's there in store for us and that's when I saw Laura was a guest speaker there and I was like look she's of the same age somehow what she speaks connects with me and uh, when I stopped I upon up on her LinkedIn page about this podcast. I was like, look, I need to get in touch with her. <laughs> show her my smile just to be <laughs> there.
2: <laughs> that's mine.
1: And that's when I met her. Uh, it was a lovely experience. Um, talked with her for a while and here I am. So Aww. thanks to you guys. Aww. Thanks to Sohan. Obviously, um, later on, we were in touch. And yes, the stars have aligned.
2: That is so incredible. So you started your business how long
1: ago? Um, it, it, this is a COVID baby so 2020 it really pushed me during covid you know everyone moved remote to work from home mm. so that's when i thought why not work from another country mm. and there was a re- there was a big shortage in the industry for skilled laborers and uh, is, you know yeah. estimators yeah there is that's what i heard that was the most echoed word throughout the conference about shortage of labor shortage of skilled labor basically yeah so happy to get a validation in the conference. Happy to fly here.
2: But you've also worked in very many different places. Can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up there and also your experiences in the different geographies?
1: Sure. So... During my teenage years, not even 17 is when I wanted a super bike. And that's what scared my mother and my father. And I had a call from uni saying, if you send us your certificate for your 12th grade, we might have a chance for you in the uni, you know, we might have a chance for the admission. So my mother was scared that I would, uh, you know, get the super bike and crash it. Or, you know, she's just, she was just scared. So instead of that, she said, why don't you fly to UK and study? I was I was just 17 then, so I didn't realize what was in store for me in the UK. Completely different culture, coming from an Indian background. Having although I'd travelled for uh, travelled for tourism, uh, but it was just about two a week or two. You don't get to experience the culture if you don't stay there. So not even 18 when I was flying to UK, I started studying bachelor's. Uh, so I did my bachelor's from Uni Greenwich. The the Thor movie, if you remember. The one that Thor lands on at the dock in Greenwich, London. So that's my That's my uni.
2: That's
1: so cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was actually I've actually featured in a film. Uh, that was shot in the uni. I volunteered. I <laughs> nah, just. Oh, you like literally uni. made me
0: fall for it. I was no, like, I mean, what? <laughs> yeah he smiles
1: no 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 but
0: so what were you studying at
2: the
1: time i did a bachelor's in engineering apparently mechanical engineer is evergreen engineering is evergreen as per the saying in india or anywhere else so i did that while i was doing this i also worked as a subway sandwich artist <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call them. But look, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud to have worked, uh, uh, you know, accompanying my studies. Um, the main reason for me to work was the cultural exchange. You know, I, I got to be there uh, front of the house, talking to the customers, what their, ex- what their expectation is, how they want their sandwiches. And I was the artist to deliver it. So, and I got to experience a mixture of people there, you know. I do recall there was one, I always... Like, like you always recall rude clients more than happy client. I do recall a rude client who was just in a hurry to catch a train or something and he was I used to prepare the sandwiches very slowly delicately laying the tomatoes one by one on the side and he was in a hurry and he's like can you hurry up mate so I come from a you know my parents and my family they love me a lot and I come from a very uh, what do you say lard uh, from a very loving culture so uh, that was very rude for me when he said that and uh, I was like I had a look I had a glimpse at at him and I then completely started smacking all the veggies in and he was completely fine with it that's what he wanted you know (laughs) but yeah so Subway was a great experience just to just this conversation talking um talking English more because that's a second language for me that's not my primary language so yeah got to learn that from Subway and that's later on when I started working in the industry I realized more than being an I have my interest in the economics of business. So that's when I realized I need to explore this side of things. And that's how I decided post working in the industry for a while to have a to have a master's of business here from Australia, because I wanted to change the country, get to experience different culture. So I was like, Australia is pretty laid back two years, three days a week. Why not? It sounds like a plan. So that's when I decided to come here, and Monash was a lovely. You need to get into. They offered me some scholarships, and yeah, that's how how I was here.
0: They offered me some scholarships. So, um, some of the scholarships. I love that because he's such a big help. Um, and you say that, so um, yeah. I guess like I don't know, like. casually Casually, yeah (laughs) um i like a you got to be a bit
2: brilliant to get a scholarship (laughs) and b it's such a big help
1: (laughs) it wasn't a big scholarship though i did bargain though the education agent there in india she was surprised for a student to say if they don't give me xyz amount i might choose another uni oh, Wow! <laughs> I, I I was just bluffing to be honest I didn't I didn't get the scholarship that I asked for the amount but look it, they did give me some so I was very happy
2: that's a good lesson yeah like just give it a shot I suppose you do have something to lose like you had a hope.
1: yeah you had options right I had applied for five six unis and everything looked good so I was like if Monash give me this amount I'm happy so I talked about this with with the Monash person who traveled from Australia to India just to meet students in person and yeah i do recall the the agent was had a surprising look there was never a student who asked for this this thing but i i I gave it a shot plus i had a different confidence coming from having did a having done a uk degree no one in india when i was applying had a uk degree so i don't know where the confidence came from but yeah (laughs) did what i had to but look i didn't get what i asked for but at least i got something so i'm happy about it
0: yeah (laughs) That is true. I think it's always good to just, I guess, get out of your comfort zone and ask for whatever it is that you think, you know, you want. And then the worst yeah. case scenario is not even that, but in the end, like the worst thing that they could have said is like, no. And then you at least had like, it seems like you had a few options just from like the six universities that you had applied. Or you just would have like accepted in the terms and conditions, but at least you tried it. And I think like sometimes we just hold off from doing that just
1: yeah you feel good you know you uh, if even if you hear and know you at least feel good that you gave it a shot later on five years six years down the line you don't want to feel any regret that you didn't yeah. try
0: 100
1: that's what my yeah life motto is you know just just take that first step you never know what's in store for you was that you know?
0: something that you learned through experience or was it like inherited from your parents or where did that come from
1: i think it's a mix of both to be honest my coming from a like my parents side i think there's a there's a village in india that's named like that's uh, that's called Shevale wadi so my surname is shewale and so people in that region are all do have the same surname so i've realized i've noticed you know all of them the people who drank water from that same well have been enterprising all of them and started with a gold shop of their own with a jewelry shop with something that is enterprising they're not they they have st- uh, initiated their own businesses that's one observation that can be wrong as well but uh, also based upon your experiences you know when you take that first I think I did learn this from the Monash business school as well i have to get give credits where it's due when i was doing my uh, entrepreneurship unit run by professor adam uh, adam bryan perfect professor uh, such a lovely person that's when i realized you know that he made us realize all of us that you need to take the first step when you when you take that first step and you see some friction that it's working that's when you are motivated from self uh, self-motivated if you see uh, just a little bit of success there you get your own motivation from there and then then it's just about being disciplined enough to carry it further and i've always been that person you know just just taking that risk blindly uh you won't see me struggle at all but there's a hell lot of struggle in from the in in, in the inside like i'm i'm scared always but not on the surface you will see me smiling you know it's just about taking that baby step the first Mm. step is really important then everything just somehow aligns sometimes yeah i feel you know it's just uh, my luck and sometimes it's just about taking that first step
2: it's so true unfortunately i think a lot of people sometimes feel like oh no i need to have done like x y and z before i can justify taking that first step so like i'm competent enough Mm. and often like that just pulls you back because once you jump in you learn so much more that is like so different to what you
0: even thought you needed because you 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 get a better understanding of what that is absolutely and I think that happens a lot with like people that have like a very structured personality it's like no you have to follow a b c like you have to have a process always and I feel like sometimes life even if you have a process you can change it like you can your plans can change so sometimes it's good to also be like okay open to open to just trusting the universe to be honest
1: yeah 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 honestly what i feel is look whenever i'm initiating something new that i'm getting my getting out of my comfort zone what i like to compare myself is with say a rocket engineer you know it's not rocket science that i'm doing um i'm not um, taking the earth the other way around you know it's so that's how you know you zoom out of look at the bigger picture zoom out of the earth and really wonder, what are you doing? That's really won't change the world at all. Or, you know, it's not like you're taking the earth from this direction to this direction, right? So it's not a big thing. And that's how you try to manage the pressure of initiating something new. You know, just zoom out and see if it's really big enough. And yeah, I mean, look at Elon Musk, uh, you know, to be honest, he just said that we, why are we wasting the rocket metals and all why can't we just land it back on earth you know who would have thought about it so that's when you know we are just small people with small imagination so whenever you're initiating something like this just think Mm. of that you know Mm. and make yourself feel comfortable I feel
0: it's really interesting outlook in life and I'm I'm really happy that you're sharing this with our audience because I think we might think that it's common knowledge but it isn't and some people really don't see the world from or like don't have the ability to zoom out and it's good that you're spreading that um bit of advice because I found it really valuable I have uh, so many questions about your business first of all how did it come about um did you ever envision um you know having your own business and especially in the sector that you that you're in
1: um yes I've somehow have had that since the beginning that I would want to have something. It comes from my father. It comes from drinking the water from that
0: place that you were talking about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was listening. (laughs) Yeah, true. You never know. That's just my perspective. uh, No science as such. But look, it comes from my father, to be honest. He runs his own business and he's always made sure that his eco Or put it, uh, put in our thoughts. My sibling, my sister, as well. Um, And that's where it began inside me. And when I was learning things, doing my degrees, education, and I always had a thought that I would want to work some, you know, start something which somehow changes the world, which is, um, which is questioning the status quo. And uh, actually, COVID was a blessing if I look at it from that perspective. Although my father was seriously sick with the first wave. That's what pushed me to travel back to Australia. Otherwise, I was very settled here. I was just beginning my life here. Got a car, started working, just about to settle with the initial phase of my career. But COVID was a blessing in disguise. My uh, Although my father was seriously sick with the first wave, that's when I had I had an eye-opener. I was like, I, if I'm helpless over here, not able to help him out during his tough times, what's the use of being here? That's when I took my hands up, threw everything out, right back in India and yeah that's when it actually hit me that's where the business idea began since I was uh, for the first three months I was just ad- adjusting to life in India to coffee in India um, I dearly miss the coffee environment yeah. so that's where the idea began I thought you know I was uh, I pitched it to my previous employer saying look we can have a team of engineers India is the biggest exporter of engineers in the world so there's abundance there it's a easy resource that anyone, Mm. usually anyone can use it. So I just pitched this idea, made a small presentation, the skills that I learned from my uni. So made a small presentation, sent it in an email to him. And since I'd worked with him, I'd earned his trust or he believed in me. He saw that, you know, I can definitely contribute to his business. So he actually, uh, I'm very grateful that he gave it a shot, you know, otherwise who would trust someone seven seas apart and who would trust someone with their, you know, with their working, giving them access to all of their files and stuff. So, uh, yeah, always grateful to him. So he start, he initiated, he, he said, all right, let's give it a shot. And we started working. It uh, Somehow we finished the first year anniversary. We didn't realize we finished it. And things just fell into their places. And yeah, it's been so far, the journey has been so far so good.
2: That, oh, I can't imagine. The I guess it ties up with your philosophy of just take the first step. The fact that you'd even send that presentation out what's something as a, now a business owner that has really helped you in this journey
1: i think being a business owner mm-hmm. you need to have self-discipline being an employee you are told you know this is the work that you are expected to do and stuff like that but being a business owner and this comes from a, a perspective of a business owner who's just in their initial years, say five years, 10 years, Mm. who owns their business privately. So I'm talking in that perspective. It's just about self-discipline. I feel personally for me, you know, if you're just able to give uh, dedicated hours every day building room wasn't built in a day or you know Taj Mahal wasn't built in a day so it's just about not being stressed about you know the the palace is not built yet but it's just about making sure you have that belief and you put in your hours Mm. and someday whatever vision you had will come into realization so it I feel it's just about self-discipline
2: and you had a really good I guess like you said your previous boss he trusted you enough based on your relationship with him before that as someone listening I guess they're probably wondering like hey how could I you know develop that is it more just through like do really well at whatever job you're doing but or or also advocate for your own skills and your what you bring to the table
1: of course definitely advocate for your skills um I feel, you know, the best salesman is not the one with the fresh uh, apples. The best salesman is the one with rotten apples, but the one who's shouting out loud. If And that's for just a salesperson. You know, if you're in sales, uh, the one who's shouting out loud in the wick in market, for example, is the one that gets the bird, uh, that, that gets the worm, sorry. <laughs> So yeah, advocating for your skills, definitely. And obviously, uh, you'd want to work somewhere where your passion lies. I guess that's where the concept of flow comes in. You know, uh, for example, uh, say football, I I have been playing football for ages now, I've made sure that, um, you know, apart from my career, apart from my personal life, this is something that is mine, you know, no one can take the love for football away from me. And that's, that's my dedication towards it. And during this one or two hour that I would play, say, it, earlier it used to be two to three hours every day. Now it's, uh, say, three, three times a week, two times a week and i made sure anywhere i travel around the world i carry my football shoes with me and even here i met people after 2018 that i had i had met because of covid and i played I'm while i'm here i'm playing football so so what i was trying to say was the hour of flow D- during this one hour i don't do anything but play football So you have to follow your passion, you know, during your work. What is the one thing that you love to do the most? For example, you guys, you guys love to do this podcast, right? You guys love to listen to new people, talk about their experience. That's your hour of flow. So you have to find that flow during in your work as well what do you love and uh, this is my personal experience whenever you find that flow in the work you have to excel you have to you know you will excel you will find that uh, recognition all around because it's just that state of energy where you don't need to produce energy from the inside it just is there for example say I had an interest in digital marketing on how marketing is done online and I did a course and when I started working uh here in melbourne with the with my previous employer previous boss uh i was very interested in, i had a very keen interest in digital marketing and we used to talk about this i made sure you know uh, we developed that aspect of his business so this is the flow that i was talking about my flow i dedic i somehow integrated it in the work in my work and that that's when i started excelling and that's when he realized my potential and that's when he was impressed or that's when he. Sp- Had that confidence in me that, look, even if you're seven seas apart, you will definitely be an asset for us.
2: Laura, here's turning into a bit of a digital marketer herself.
1: (laughs) That's wonderful. So we share some common interests.
2: But it's just a nature of, like, you know how you said, we are so interested in the podcast itself. So she's been very keen on understanding how to A, build one's own personal brand, but also build the brand of the podcast and take it to, you know, a different level if we can next year.
1: I... From what I've learned so far about building personal brand online is just about being as human as possible online, to be honest, Um, you know, just making sure you're posting regularly and it can be a really small thing. It doesn't really matter. It has to be your brand though, like uh, your interests, your style, your preference. It has to reflect your personality, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like for example, this logo, it, it does come from the heart. Like that's who I am. I represent this thing that I've learned from different cultures, which is in English. And this is me, my background uh, in Dev Nagari. So I feel this is like, this is a really good tip. I feel. That is really good. Yeah.
2: Just be authentic. I think that's a lot of um, what the, at least the younger people from what I can see my generation and the one below on social media, they seem to be really craving that They They don't really want to see a facade. They want to see someone be human, be authentic. But with regards to social media, I am just curious. Do you think it's relevant for people in every, like, for every comp industry to get into it? Like, sometimes I look at yeah, construction industries, and you know, I'm at an engineering firm as well. How relevant is it for them to be involved on social media? Does it actually help the business? Uh,
1: yes, of course. Uh, Where. Well... Coming from my business uh, perspective, you have to have a presence online. Everyone has to because everything is going digital. Even if your industry lags in digital transformation, one day or the other, it's inevitable. And it's better to have an online presence, have a little little online presence that no than no presence at all. Mm.
2: But I guess then it just becomes about like brand awareness at the end of the day. It's not like business actually comes from being like, you know, for some companies being involved in social media is huge because it brings business. But whereas some industries, I feel like engineering and consulting is like more from relationship building and actually producing. So I guess that's sort of where I was wondering whether the social media aspect comes into it so much. I guess people just have awareness of what you do.
1: Yeah, I feel you have to have that brand awareness, even if you're from an engineering firm. Obviously, the business will come from references primarily, but it's just about uh, being relevant. And it is about branding yourself, You know, making um, making people know that you're there and you exist and this is what you do. This is what you care about. It's not just about posting what you do. Mm. I don't like direct marketing at all. You know, uh, whenever I'm on a business lunch, whenever I know that the, the person sitting next to me has some work for me, has some business for me, I talk anything but business to him, anything, no business at all, because you can sense that selling, you can sense that, that the person next to me is selling something to me. So I never talk about it. It's just about talking any random, anything that is common with them. For example, talk about the sport. Say cricket or football. Um, talk about their hobbies, gardening, and it really interests them. I, you know, it, you want to talk about something that both the parties are interested in, that have common, and then you build a relation later, you know. And that's when you, and whenever you want to say that you have this business and I want this business from you, you post it online. So it's like a subtle marketing or a subtle way of saying that you want business um, but never never i never talk about business whenever i'm on a business lunch because even people they don't want to hear about your business they just want to have good food talk about few stuff what's going on in afl talk about the recent news
2: so do you have a system like in the second or the third meeting you talk about it or do you
1: not really okay. no nah. i just don't talk about it honestly Uh, unless someone asks me what you do, I wouldn't talk about it. I I think that's my style. Sometimes it can backfire. You know, it can take longer for me to get that business. If I would have asked during the first meet or the second meet uh, and the person was eager, it would have just been signed there. But that's just my preference. You know, I want to connect with them as a person first and then If things look good, they would obviously, you know, they would obviously know about my business via my social media. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. if there's any synergy, then obviously open to discuss. That's just my preference. I feel, yeah, I'm good that way. I'm good about talking anything else but my business.
2: <laughs> I feel like safe which I'm like curious at what point does it like does the perception flip where they like oh this person just talks anything but business rather yeah. than I'm just here to get this signed and I want this like I want to meet this goal that I have you know what what's that fine balance
1: Well I feel uh, during the first initial meet when you don't even know the person when you're meeting a complete stranger, you shouldn't talk about their yeah, business at all. You should just talk about some common ground. But if it's a business environment, say, for example, a conference, people are expected to talk to, to talk about uh, their businesses. True. People are expected to network. So that's where I'm like full-fledgedly talking about my business, but uh, never on lunches or any, I would want to get to know the person, feel comfortable. And, and if there's anything, just, you know, just say. So it's like
2: knowing your environment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, definitely. Otherwise, if you if you talk about your business at the wrong environment, say for example, we're just having a few drinks, um, talking about football, and you landed and and somehow we landed, uh, we ended in the conversation of our businesses. That's okay, but you shouldn't be the first initiating that. And everyone, no one is uh, like. Uh, people understand, people sense that you're trying to sell them something and that's really a bad, um, you know, you can turn bad taste. Way. Yeah, so... Never. I feel uh, that's not just my style.
2: And on the topic of your style mm. and your preference, is what characteristics do you think a successful employee needs to have? Success?
1: Employee or an employer?
2: Employee first, and then we'll look at employer after.
1: I think an employee. Yeah, I've done both. So I've been an employee, been an employer. But uh, look, em- successful employee is someone... Let me have a think, to be honest.
0: Uh, He's like... What characteristics do I have?
1: (laughs) But also,
2: what would you be looking for now that you're, you know, you'd probably be in a position to hire people?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you find people who are, who you send an email and they, they just, they just say, all right, done. Or, you know, they just give you an assurance that some uh, successful employee is someone that you give the work to Mm. and you don't have to look back and you have that trust. So a successful employee would be someone you can trust. Mm. That's what uh, uh, you can look at it from a foot, football's perspective. A successful employee is some is a teammate of yours who you can pass to, who you want to pass to. You know, there are some players who want to do some showboating um, and sometimes play. lose <laughs> and sometimes lose some possession. That's not a successful employee for me. Hmm. Someone who I can just pass and you know know that the ball is safe with the teammate and we have a good chance of winning. So I guess trust. Yeah. I really
0: like that analogy of Sokka because he's like excellent in the workplace as well. Like you don't want to be working with someone that is completely like, you know. Um, Self-obsessed. <laughs> yeah. sort of like absorb in their way of doing things and they're not open to try new things. So to even share loads. like Yeah. And it it becomes really, really isolating for everyone else. It
1: ends up like a double work. If you don't want to give it to someone who you know will not you know, meet expectations and then you have to step in again, help them out. It's like a double work. So some someone who's really trustworthy and I feel that's the culture, that should be the culture um, in your team where you can trust each other. Say you set a deadline mm. for each other for some tasks and you trust that person that he, all right, he's going to deliver it. I don't know how, I don't know his time schedule. I honestly shouldn't look into his time schedule. However he wants to do mm. it, he can, as long as he's able to deliver it. That's how the our culture has been at Me bumi as well, you know. Um, currently, mm. I'm here. Uh, all of our team is in back in India. There's no check-in into each other every week. Uh, there's no uh, meeting if it's really not required. Everyone's doing their work on time. Uh, everyone's submitting their projects. And that's all, you know. We haven't talked for a while, all of our team. And that's not really required these days, you know, with the technology that we have. That's how I feel, uh, you know, trust should be there. That, that's mm. the major aspect, I feel, of a successful employee.
0: I guess, like, I completely agree with you and I think that's like a very progressive way of looking at businesses but the only thing or like shortcoming or like downfall that I see of um, doing things that way is what about culture and I guess workplace culture I mean and that's what we're sort of like moving towards like a completely I don't know like hybrid sort of like type or or just you know online so how do you build culture when um, when when this is moving
1: towards a more digital world? We are moving towards digital world, but I am a bit old school. I want to meet people in person. Um, Although I do run a remote estimation business, (laughs) (laughs) I do want to meet people in person. So I feel hybrid is uh, a way to go, you know. Feel free to come into the office whenever you want to, whenever you or whenever there's a team meeting or a team activity. And I f- honestly, uh, this is something that uh, uh, just just while discussing this, uh, there should be freedom these days, and there should be trust again on the employees. You know, um, as long as you're able to deliver. What you were delivering earlier to post COVID, um, I I honestly don't really care if you're in the office or if you're not. As long as the delivery is up to the point, up to the quality, it it sh- people should be given freedom these days. You know, our post COVID people have realized the the need of work life balance, um, the need to not travel long, the need to be at home. If it's possible to work from home, why not? You know, they should do it from home if it's convenient. Uh, At the end of the day, if my staff is happy, if my team is happy, that's what I really care about. But yeah, I I am an old school principal when I say people have to come for the parties that uh, our team has organized because the company money is spent there. So, and it's a good uh, initiative to meet people. Even though you sometimes feel like a principal, I do do it. I do make sure that all of the team is involved whenever there's like a pizza party or there's a Diwali celebration back in India. We make sure we we say it's... uh, uh, the attendance is compulsory
0: yeah okay so you do still have sort of like half moments where you can bond yeah. as a team and you know get to know each other and you know as you said talk about
1: yeah look there are people more than business yeah there are different kind of people you know some are self-disciplined they can work from anywhere they can work from home they can work from the office sometimes uh, people who lack self-discipline should be schooled or should be uh, you know somehow get into the habits of coming to the office being there for a while working and then can go back so honestly it's a huge discussion huge topic of debate but i feel hybrid is the way to go freedom is the way to go you know just trust your employees whatever their preference is should be your preference
0: nice um do you think um you can become more self-disciplined like do you have any tips for people that are wanting to to become more discipline in the like personal lives and even like in the professional now that we're talking about discipline
1: Mm, discipline look there are a lot of tips and small tricks to be disciplined Uh, it completely depends upon the person's preferences Uh, but I feel uh, to be disciplined you need to know your goal and you need to have a everyday reminder of the goal. That is how you can stay disciplined. And you need to talk about it. Talk to, just not to yourself, but to everyone around you. So then they become your uh, regulators or your principles. Whenever you're, say say for example, fitness. yeah, um, Discipline is the first aspect for fitness. Um, and if you talk about it to your friends, they can catch you while you're eating junk. They can catch you while you're doing something wrong, which is against your fitness. Mm. So I feel, yeah, you need to be aware of your goals so set a screensaver saying i need to be xyz kgs in three months this should be like your every there should be a everyday reminder that can be your screensaver or like a poster in your bedroom or like a you know a, a daily reminder app say for example water wrap whatever so goal focusing on goal is is yeah is how you can be disciplined
0: wow you you shared a little bit about um, the business that you um, are part of earlier when you were introducing yourself. And I found it really interesting when you explained it to me um, at the expo, you were saying like, we convert numbers, like we grab drawings and we convert them into numbers. And I, and I would really like to sort of like, I would like you to share about that idea because it, it sounds pretty cool and it sounds like it could help or at least automate a lot of things in the estimating world so that you want to share that with our listeners yeah
1: sure so look um, converting drawings to numbers is not a easy task you need to have that scale of reading the drawings first and then uh, you need to have that focus to then convert to then translate it into an excel file for example so basically what we do is um a Say say a government project has been tendered has been has uh the government has initiated a tender for a school in a some regional area so that's where our estimator comes in when the architects release the drawings saying, this is how we want it to be built, our engineers or architects would then look at their drawings, look at their elevations, look at their floor plans, look at their structural drawing and mark it using a software, using a estimating software. Take the readings and co- compile it in an Excel file or however the client's preferences are. And that's when we convert it into numbers. So in terms of automation, there um, you can't just have An AI tool that can convert drawings into numbers. You need to have that engineering mindset to actually look at it and then realize the amount of labor that would be required. Uh, AI will reduce some time. AI will take out some time. For example, I I think AI can help us out in saying in locating, uh, say steel for that matters. So if you say about structural steel in the drawings, it's marked. The grade is marked, say a thick steel or a sheet metal steel so AI can help us out in pointing it to the engineers so AI can help you with that but at the end of the day there needs to be a human intervention and actually Calculating how many days, or how what material, or what's not correct, correctly marked by the architects. Because even architects sometimes miss out the intricate details, and that's what we are currently exploring here in Mibomi. You know, we are making use of the best softwares out there in the industry with the help of AI. It's making our lives better, saving us time, but definitely won't be able to replace the human interventions that we have.
0: Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm confident about. man <laughs> Yeah, absolutely this certain things that just come with experience.
1: Okay? Yeah. In, but it does save us a with. huge load of time. What it does is when we throw in the software that we use, when we throw in the drawings, it just gives us location, mark location that, you know, this material is here, here, here. And that it's mm. easier for us. Otherwise it wouldn't, if there was no AI softwares, it, we would have to go through all the drawings, have a look where it is, stuff like that. So it does make our life easier. It saves us a huge mm. load of time. But yeah, yeah, still need, there's a need wow. of human intervention.
0: Yeah, I like that. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> it makes me feel like, I don't know, uh, hopeful for the future and it's changing technology. Um, you know, we, we met at the, the, I guess, panel of diversity and inclusion and I'm really curious to know how, you know, in the United Kingdom and here in Australia, um, whether you've had any, I guess, experiences where you've realised that there's a gap I guess, um, in diversity and inclusion? Um, I don't know if mindset or, you know, like perception um, or how has your experience being as like, uh, as a migrant?
1: I feel the realistic approach is to just, you know, when there's a lot of, a lot of people say uh, political polit- politically appropriate, you know, I I hate that, you know. You
0: don't have to be political appropriate in this
1: Yeah, of course. No, I hate that. That's what I'm saying. I hate that. (laughs) Uh, I hate that term, you know. It's a whitewash term, to be honest, I feel. Uh, I think we should just be aware of our differences and embrace them, you know. When you're talking with a friend of different background, you actually can be racist. You know, you as in like not racist, yeah. racist, but you can, you know what I mean? Like uh, we, I have lots of uh, friends from around the world, and whenever we say, say for example, in the photo. We, my friends call me a brownie and I, I take it sportingly and I think that's how it should be uh, translated into everyday life you know into professional life you know we are taking we are making a huge fuss about political correctness to be honest people should just uh, address the differences and not make it a not make a big fuss about it I feel and in terms of inclusion um, yeah there is um, there is this issue that we face um, but I feel it's just upon uh, the people who are in a uh, position of power um, the leadership with uh, with diverse background are the one to actually inspire and take a lead initiate such efforts or put in such efforts where people from diverse background get, the same opportunities to grow obviously uh, also uh, a task for the ones who get these opportunities to grab it with both hands so it's i feel uh, from top to bottom approach i feel and i i do recall someone at the conference uh saying about telling about a story about earl's quote. so most of the aussies uh when they travel to uh, united kingdom they would want to settle in earls court it's because most of the aussies in uh, most of the aussies there want to travel there are settled in earls court so basically it's about finding that comfort zone you know people want people tend to find that comfort zone um, it's easier to uh, for me to have a word with say someone with a mexican background just because in, usually the food is spicy and the chilies are common so it's likewise you know uh, meeting people with sim- similar background. So I feel to have that to get ahead in your career, you should just meet people with your background and uh, make sure you, you know, they can help you out. And obviously get to experience different cultures. Um, mm. I feel the more you talk with different people, the more you know about their culture and the more you can share common interests. Um, say if I had an uh, Aussie friend, uh, if you talk about AFL, that's just the gateway to, say, two-hour conversation. So it's just about common ground, you know, what um, mm. this is how I do it. Uh, whenever I meet a new person a stranger I I have a look at them you know uh, I I would want to know about them what what they like to talk about once you see uh, you mention anything random talk about the sport or talk about anything else shoes your jewelry looks good your smile is amazing and you can see that energy if they talk a few words about it you know that you've got it you've got that hook to talk about and if you have uh, knowledge in that uh, area the conversation just goes goes on and then you just connect and there are somehow uh, you know you never know how many hours have just passed just talking you need that common ground like chili for example is a common ground in Mexican food and Indian food conversation starter
0: <laughs> that is so interesting um, you know I really like that because it's about embracing our differences and and still like find we're all so different but there's something that we all have in common—is yep. that like human aspect. Of I it. think
1: smile is a common. Uh, smile is great. Everyone smiles in and around the world. Uh, even if they, even if they, even in their tough times, whenever if you smile to a person, it's such a free commodity to use. Uh, and you, if you just smile at someone, even if someone is having a bad day, uh, somehow that person finds an affinity towards the other. So yeah, I guess smile is a common gateway diversity and inclusion question answered smile is the answer
2: i guess that's sort of like the (laughs) i guess the main attribute when people refer to someone with charisma you know it's someone who can find something in the other person that the other person likes and then uses that to showcase their own personality which is i don't know if the listeners will be very um Aware, but it's like a huge um, attribute people give to Shah Khan. So he just mm. makes you feel so special, and somehow like being so big, it just it's it's like they can't imagine that someone on that level can be interested in the person in front of them. You know, like that humble. <laughs> it leaves. Yeah. You stand.
1: Well, uh, we just had a party last week uh, weekend. Uh, one of my friend, it was one of my friend's birthday, and there was a huge uh, cricket match India versus Pakistan. Yes. So we had a broadcast party here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know we we actually love Shahrukh Khan's approach, and we actually followed that. You know what Shahrukh Khan does? After, during every party of his, he makes sure he goes. Uh, um, he drops the guests. Yes buy their cars and we did that this was the first time me and my friend decided we are gonna do it Uh, we have an apartment on the 23rd floor and we have we made sure we drop down everyone at the parking and uh, you know one thing i realized why he does it does this is who would say that the party was not good when you're dropping someone at the car (laughs) everyone would say right we had a blast (laughs) we had this thank you for having us it's just it feels good so why not drop them every time <laughs> at their car and hear nice things <laughs> we, yeah no, just to hear some movies, nice firstly, things
2: Sharukhan is like i'd say globally he's the biggest uh, movie star hollywood combined yeah. i don't think there's anyone as big as him just by the sheer volume of work he does and the money he earns so he's like an indian bollywood actor but globally he's like the biggest true yeah but also um we digress uh, <laughs> um you are an entrepreneur and honestly yeah. um i'm not sure in your experience so maybe you could answer this do you think the split of like male and female um, entrepreneurs is roughly equal or do you think there is a difference and if there is a difference what would you attribute it to
1: honestly um there you can say that um you know women find it difficult just because of the environment that we are the social environment of today Mm -hmm. or earlier Um, but uh, you know in in coming times i feel um, men would have to fight for their rights later (laughs) because of no i'm I'm, uh, don't take me wrong what i'm trying to say is um, with the amount of talented uh, women out uh, that i i i met i've seen i've looked at their post and everything the, the amount of uh, women with their risk taking and with their confidence sheer confidence i feel um, you know in the coming few years uh men are gonna find it tough and uh, Honestly, it's, uh, it, uh, there's, I, I don't see it from that lens at all, you know, as gender. Uh, it's just the attribute of uh, running your own thing it's just the attribute of risk-taking fearless so it can be anyone it can be a male or a female to be honest yep. um and i don't think uh you know it's uh it's a male uh characteristic or a female characteristic as such it's just about an, an individual regardless of their gender i feel
2: are you sure that wasn't a politically correct answer
1: <laughs> i don't know i i honestly i don't know what kidding. i'm talking about <laughs> No, but yeah, I, I feel I honestly feel that it's uh, it's it's not a gender-based characteristic at all.
2: Definitely as a characteristic, um, but, I wouldn't say it is. Uh, but like you said, as a social norm. Uh, I'd say yeah. one is more used to it than the other, but it yeah, that sounds true. like what you're saying is if there is a gap, at least we are bridging it.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely, um, we are bridging it. I feel, and uh, with current, uh, like there's no need, uh, like the, it's easier these days than earlier.
2: Yeah, definitely, you know? certainly, yeah. Yeah,
1: and with to like uh, the women that I am exposed to in my life, they're doing much better than me, so I am scared. <laughs> honestly mm-hmm. yeah
0: why are you scared What is scared Scared as
1: in uh, not scared but I am uh, in awe you can say but inspired bad, uh, wrong choice of yeah I'm inspired yeah yeah My uh, bad choice of words but I'm I'm, I'm, in, I'm in awe you know I look at my sister I have a sister who's elder than me I look at my mother I look at my aunts and everyone who are doing well in their life and uh, yeah in, in entrepreneurship as well uh, when they when it's easy promotion sometimes you know uh, if you have a co-founder who's a female lead uh, it's easier for them to open doors i feel i don't know i may be wrong this is just my perspective but yeah i'm i'm really scared oh, sorry i'm in awe i'm inspired <laughs> <laughs> look it's at amazing. you <laughs> look at you guys now you know you uh, you guys are the flag bearers, you know. I'm pretty sure, um, even if you wouldn't be aware of it, but I'm pretty sure looking at uh, your posts or your uh, LinkedIn or YouTube or whatever, your social media presence, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be inspired to start something of their own. A lot of people, a lot of women in construction would feel comfortable to reach out to you to discuss their problems. Um, and you guys, uh, you know you guys are responsible to inspire people right so
2: yeah just here to share the stories of many inspiring people such as yourself with this very innovative business that you have going on i think you're definitely at the front end of this anyway mm. so all the best yeah. and it has been fantastic speaking with you thank you so much for all your insights yeah
0: thank you for sharing the you know as much transparency <laughs> us as you were able to because uh, it's all about that about getting the the real you.